2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 to 3, here begins the reading of God's word. And David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Not for his sake, but for Jonathan's sake. Verse 2. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? Oh, the last time I checked, I was not done with verse 2. Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. Verse 3. Verse 3, let's go to verse 3 now. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God? Watch this, watch this. The kindness of God, which is the grace of God unto him. Not the kindness of man. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son who is lame on both feet. Give me verse 9. Verse 9. Verse 9. Then the king called to Ziba. It's a long story. I'm just going to just trying to wrap it up. And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertained to Saul and to all his house. If you have the last verse in this chapter um, of 2 Samuel chapter 9, the last verse in that chapter. And we will move from there. We will come back to the last verse of the chapter. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Watch this. 1 Timothy chapter 2, just verse 4. I don't need verse 5. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? So we read the book of, Meph of 2 Samuel talking about Mephibosheth. And we're seeing Paul's writing in Timothy. And it looks like it's the Old Testament and the New Testament because that's what it is. But the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So the Bible, when interpreted cross-testamentalization is important, interpretation from the cross, you would see that it doesn't contradict one another. Instead, it explains itself. I'm a pastor and my job is not to defend God. The Bible is there to speak for itself. Jesus did not come to defend God. Jesus is God speaking for himself. And Jesus is the word of God. My message this morning is very simple but powerful. And it's, the title of the message is not leg walk, it's grace walk. It's grace walk. So tell your neighbor, it's not leg walk. It's grace walk. One more time, say it's not leg walk. It's grace walk. Father, we thank you for the anointing to teach and preach, throw your weight in this building, do your bidding, give your people understanding, give me nebulous of mind and agile thought, let your name be glorified in this service. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For me, take the ring, the ring. I want to start this morning by saying, Aging is automatic, but growth is intentional. Aging is automatic, but growth is intentional. What I mean to say, you don't do anything to age, but you have to do something to grow. You don't do anything to age, but you have to do something to grow. Because age is a passing time. And whether or not you like it, we are going to grow old at some point. But age and growth are not the same. 
in Christ is not about the age, it's about your growth. So you may have been in church for 40 years and you are not growing, you are aging. You can be in church for 50 years and you are not growing, you are aging. Because the challenge you would have when they see small boys like us is what do they know? When we started Mooleru Baptist Church in 1976, where was he? He was not even born then. What, like, what is he talking about? Ma, sir, you may have grown old. You, you may have aged, rather, and you did not grow. Because growth, you have nothing to do about it. Age, you have nothing to do about it, rather. But your growth, you have to be intentional about it. And guess what people pull when they talk about age is, is their experience. Experience. So when you sit before people who have aged, what they have to share with you most and generally is their experience. We cannot bring that African mentality to church. Because when you stand before your parents, especially in the African setting, what they dish out to you is experience, which is very powerful. But when it comes to the word of God, experience doesn't count. Revelation is what counts. So the person may have been a bishop for 20 years and doesn't have revelation of the scriptures. And so what they hold on to because of age is the experiences that they've had that are so tangible to them without having a proper revelation of God. So in your experience, you can grow up having a perception of God that is not the revelation of God and hold on to that perception and your experience so strong that it messes up your revelation of God. Don't worry, I'm coming to you this morning. So the truth is, Apostle Paul had no experience. Oh, come on. Let's talk Bible now. Apostle Paul had no experience. All apostle had was revelation. Stay with me. All apostle had was what? Not experience. Who had experience among the apostles? Peter had experience. Oh, Peter's experience was so strong, he walked on water. So Peter had experience with Jesus. Peter had experience of the supernatural that he walked on water. So Peter got to the point where he walked on water. However, let us see what Peter says about, G about Apostle Paul. So Peter had the experience, but Peter had no revelation of God. It was Paul who had the revelation of the scriptures and interpreted accurately to the New Testament apostles. So if you are speaking about experience, it would have been Apostle Peter revealing Christ to us. But it's Apostle Paul who never, he was not in the 12 disciples of Jesus. Come on. What? Have you heard of the P-square fight in Colossians chapter 2? Oh, P-square, no, it didn't start from this. It started a long time ago. P-square fight in Colossians chapter 2, where Peter and Paul had a problem in Colossians chapter 2. That's where this problem started from. Leave these boys here. It's not them. It's Apostle Peter and Paul that started the quarrel now. Because Peter brought experience. Paul said, no, leave that thing. Leave that thing. You have been in this game for 20 years and so what? Leave that thing. We're looking for revelation, not experience. Because in Christ, we don't boast of age, we boast of growth. So Peter felt like as a Christian, you need a circumcision. So Peter was preaching Jesus plus circumcision. And that is the anti-gospel that we have today. Jesus plus olive oil. 
Jesus plus handkerchief. Jesus plus that water and that oil that he gave to you from the mountain. That's what, it's the same thing. Paul said, no, this is revelation by faith in Christ Jesus, period. You don't need any other thing. Because the gospel is Jesus plus nothing, minus nothing, equal everything. That's the gospel. Jesus does not need another support system to function in your life. Oh. So the biggest problem with the gospel is not Islam. It's not Jehovah's Witness. It's something that looks like the gospel, but it's not the gospel. Paul calls it a pseudo-gospel. Something that... The biggest problem with Nike is not Fubu or Adidas. It's Nike from Abba. Yeah. That's the biggest competition they have. So our problem is not Islam. No, no, no. It's not... No, no. It's the people who gather Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, every Wednesday evening, and they are not teaching the gospel. They are teaching something else than the gospel. I will talk this morning. The question mark on your face is huge. So we'll break some tables this morning. So Peter had experience. But your experience cannot invalidate the authority of the scriptures. So keep your experience. What I need is your, your revelation. It's not your experience. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. See what Peter says. Apostle Peter, who is the experienced guy. He was the chief apostle. He said, and account that this long-suffering of our Lord is... Peter here is quoting Paul in Romans chapter 2. That it is the love of God that brings men to repentance. Romans chapter 2 verse 4. That's what Peter is quoting here. Let me prove to you that he was quoting Paul. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Who had experience? Who had revelation? Let's talk. Give me the next verse. Uncle Sam, see this. Peter is lamenting here. Watch. Peter, Apostle Peter, experienced guy. He says, and also in all the epistles, speaking in them of the things in which are some things hard to be understood. Which they that are unlearned and unstable wrestle as they do also other scriptures unto their own destruction. So Peter is saying there are some things that Paul is saying. It's hard for me to understand it. But this is the Peter that walked on water. So leave all those your miracles and those things that you have. Do you have revelation of God? Because your revelation of God is not premised on the miracles that you saw. The devil does miracles too. With due respect to Jesus, Moses had more miracles than Jesus. Leave that thing. Moses had more miracles than Jesus. So you can't use, I, was, I saw it, Piflo. The angel came like this. He brought bread. He brought something. And I said, I should go to my father's house and pick sand. That thing is, is typhoid you had, though. Because your experience cannot invalidate the word of God. So Paul's revelation of Jesus was more superior to Peter's walking on water experience. If you walked on water, some of you here, nobody can talk to you in Lagos again. Ah, no, no, let's no you put it. No, let's talk now. Timmy got I will close church. Timmy walks on water in his Lagos. I'm done. I'm done. It's finished, it's finished. He will just sing a song. I'm walking on water. We'll take picture, selfie. It's simple. He walked on water. Didn't mean he knew God more than Paul. 
walked on water didn't mean he knew God more than Paul. Paul did not even see Jesus. He's still a debate in the theological class. Because he said, I know this man not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So this man was not in the 12 disciples of Jesus. This was the head of Boko Haram, destroying the churches. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. But had a revelation of Jesus better than the people who were with Jesus. What I'm saying to you, Bishop, Uncle, Auntie, you may have been in church for 40 years. I'm questioning now your revelation of God, not your perception of God. I'm coming to you. Wait. Wait. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. Let's see Paul. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. Paul speaking says, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. What was he saying? He was speaking to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Saying, you guys, because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John cannot be New Testament. For the Bible says, until the testator dies, the testament is not active. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are eyewitness account of Jesus. You enter, B? <laughs> you get them. So you can't use Matthew, Mark, is what they saw that they wrote in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Peter is saying, wherefore, henceforth, know ye no man after flesh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, ye now henceforth know we him no more. That means we are not knowing Jesus after the flesh. We know him after the spirit. But these other guys, the key apostles like Peter, they went with Jesus. They saw him. So when Paul said he had to say you, you know how to say you? Were you there in 1964? Wait, did you see the war? You children don't know anything. Do you, do you know? Were you there? We were there. Were you there? Were you there? Were you there? Were you there? Were you Where were we when we were? Where were you when we were? Were you there? That's what Paul is saying. Forget that thing. You were there, but you were not in him. Because there was no space in him when he was alive. It was when he died, we had space in him. It's going to be good. There was no space in him when he was alive. It was when he died that there's no room for everybody at the cross. Uh -huh. They were there, but they were not in him. Paul is saying, I am in him, so I know accurately. Ooh. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. Let me show you something. <laughs> I want to destroy that philosophy of experience. Keep it in your work. Keep it in your family. Don't bring it to church. Your experience doesn't count here. It's your revelation that counts here. Because what happens to you doesn't mean it will happen to me. They stretched for their hands and they killed James. And the man saw that he pleased the Jews and wanted to kill Peter. The church prayed. Peter's case was different. I don't care who died. I won't die like that. These two guys, Peter and John, on the beautiful gate. Jide, Peter is speaking. He says, silver and gold, I have not. He had somebody with him such as I have, I. <laughs> that means I'm not sure of the guy with me. I, I don't know if this guy is ready for this miracle, but he first said, look on us. I'm sure from the look, he looked at John and said, ah, 
I just got his notes. Silver and gold, I have not. Such as I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, period. John was there looking. <laughs> I'm sure when he jumped, John said, I'll show Peter, you don't grow. <laughs> Let me show you something in Acts chapter 1 verse 14 before we get into the word of God. This is just introduction. It's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. I feel it. It says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, or watch this, with the women, watch this, all right, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So, Sammy, the day God said to them, go to the upper room until you are filled with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus' mother went there to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If some of you, you are here, Lord, sorry, you are here, here, Jesus. Me, that gave birth to Jesus. Do you know I carried him in my womb. And what you go with you go here, they send me a message up and I make a go far for where show now what for you. I be my man, so I have entitlement. No, the mother went to be born again. The mother went to receive Jesus because the Jesus that she carried before crucifixion is not the same. That is Christ concealed. This one is Christ revealed. a child is born, unto us a son is given. The child was born in the manger. The son was given on the cross. So what came on this day of Pentecost was the son released into the heart of man, not the child that was born in the manger. So Jesus' mother humbled herself, went to the upper room, sat down and received her son for the second time. Is it making sense? Is it, is it making sense? Okay, good. So it's possible that you're an elder today, watching online, a deacon apostle. My father is a pastor gang, PKs. We brought the church from America to our village. We built the cathedral, and my brothers and sisters, you are not growing. You are just aging. Because you have nothing to do with age. But growth has to be intentional. <laughs> mm. And I asked the Lord, why are people not growing? The Spirit of God said to me, the message of grace that saves the sinner is the same message of grace that grows the believer. But what we do is the message of grace that saves the sinner, then we will not edit it. To say, now that we are saved, let us now work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Did you read the next verse? For it is God who works in you both to will and to do. You don't have the strength to work it out by yourself. Brother, do maybe. I'll be sister, do maybe. I want to do something. So it's the same message that you heard that got you saved. So salvation message is not just for evangelism. It's what builds the church. Romans is about salvation. Ephesians is about salvation. Colossians is salvation. Philemon is salvation. Philippians is salvation message. But we edit the message or change it when we come into independence. I've said this to you before. I'll say it again. In the world, growth is seen by you being independent. In Christ, growth is seen by you being him dependent. 
So show me a man who's growing in the spirit is a man who has gotten to the point where he's entirely, totally him dependent on God. So our world is independent. In Christ, we are never independent people. For our sufficiency is not of ourselves, but of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Let's see this. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. Watch this, watch this. Stay with me. For the preaching of the cross that gets people saved is to them that perish foolishness. Watch this, watch this. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. That means the preaching of the cross is the power of God. To us who are saved. So the preaching on the cross is not for unbelievers. It's for believers too. It's the diet that gets you saved. That keeps you growing. The preaching of the cross. We're approaching what you call Easter. We call it resurrection. I'm very excited. At least the gospel will be preached that weekend. Because there are churches where January to December, they don't preach. They just preach motivational. Four keys, post-COVID. If you want to make it out of COVID, in this season, let me give you one key. You have to be diligent. Second key, you have to go to LBS and learn that thing. Church is not information for change. It's revelation for transformation. What we teach here is that we preach Jesus, not points. So any message that you do not hear the gospel preached, you went to a family motivational center. So what is the message? The teaching of the cross. The teaching of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5. Let's see what Paul says. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For we preach not ourselves. We do not preach our experiences. When I was in London. when No. But Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves your servant for Jesus sake. So we preach who? Christ Jesus. That's the message of the gospel. We preach Christ Jesus. Acts 5 verse 4. 42. Acts chapter 5 verse 42. I'm, re- I'm giving you scriptures. And daily in the temple and in every house fellowship, they cease not to teach and preach who? Jesus Christ. Daily, they cease not to preach and teach Jesus Christ. That's the message that we teach and preach. That's it. Paul speaking in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 4. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now let me show you what this means. This is where we start quarreling now. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Actually means one message. You know how worried I was during that NSAS protest? How Muslims just gathered on Friday and they were praying? Muslims. Easy. Christians, we can't gather. You know why? You know, we are different denominations. You know, a pastor can read one, one verse. Now, you hear this all the time. And you get different things from... No, no, there are no, there's nothing different. It's one verse. It's one message. The message is Jesus. If it is not Jesus, it's, not, it's wrong. It's not properly articulated. Jesus is the message of the scriptures. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one message. We're going to one heaven. We can't go there with different messages. There's only one access code. His name is Christ by the grace of God, period. That's why heaven is not a reward for good behavior. Heaven is a gift. It's in the salvation package. So we have one message. That means I should live here and go to Aja, enter any church and hear about Christ because Christ is the message of the scriptures, period. 
Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. We'll read it in the King James. Read it in TPT, and I'll show you in the message. So, do you want to know the message and the gospel? Lift your hands. I want to know the gospel. Say it after me. Good. I want to know the message, and I want to know the gospel. So that when you enter anywhere and you're not hearing this, you know that this is not the gospel. This is something else. Paul showed us the gospel. Have you seen that since I started speaking, I've been substantiating everything from the scriptures? I'm not, so I'm not telling you my opinion, because that is insegesis. What I'm doing is called exegesis. I'm letting the Bible speak on the matter. I'm just echoing it. Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you. Watch this. Watch this. Into the grace of Christ. Unto another gospel. So that means the gospel is the grace of Christ. Have you heard people say this gospel message? I don't like it. They don't understand what they are saying. What they are saying is that the message of the Bible, you don't like it. That's what the Bible is saying. Say, but you know, grace is just one teaching. There are other parts. Grace is the entirety and the totality of the counsel of God, period. Give me verse 7. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. Give me verse 8. Let's go. But though we, so Paul put himself in this category, that even if me, he now went to the celestial category, or an angel from heaven, because some of you usually have these angelic, mysterious experiences that you, you hold more dearly than the word of God. Sad. Or an angel from heaven, which preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Wow. So you know how you say something, you say maybe it was a slip of tongue. So Paul didn't mean this accursed. That's anathema in the Greek. Banished. So let's see verse 9. Well, the gospel is the message about the grace of God. Every other thing is not the gospel, period. So whatever we teach and pray of the grace of God. So if you're not hearing grace and what God has done in Christ for you, you cannot feed wrongly and grow rightly. When you start feeding wrongly, you start aging, not growing. TPT. I am shocked over how quickly you have strayed away from the anointed one who called you to himself, Bessie. I'm frankly astounded that you now embrace a distorted gospel. So there's that thing in church. It's called the distorted gospel. That is a fake gospel. That is simply not true. The one gospel. The gospel of the Messiah. So let's say to read. There's only one gospel. So stop saying there are many. There are, no, no, no. There's one gospel. One Lord. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One gospel. Yet you have allowed those to confuse you with lies. Are you saying that? That's where the distortion comes from. They mingle law with grace. We call them the DJ. Just speak something from Elijah and Moses. And mix it with Jesus. So what some churches have is Moses and a little bit of Jesus. When he favors you, you come to Greenly, you come to law. Just keep looking straight on, you get home, nod your head. Give me the next verse. 
that are you seeing it that you have received will have the curse of God upon them for even if we or an angel appeared before you to give you a different gospel than what we have already preached God's curse will be upon them is that the next verse is that is that nine and give me verse nine oh that's I will make it clear that means if it was not clear the first time I'm emphasizing it anyone no matter who they are that brings you a different gospel that the than the grace gospel that you have received let them be condemned and accursed so grace is not a this new generation message grace is the original message of the gospel that has been perverted by religion especially in nigeria give me the message translation oh god you know message is petty message is the petty translation very petty it says i can't believe how you waver how easily you have turned traitor to him who called you by the grace of christ by embracing an alternative message ayanda it is not a minor variation it is completely other an alien message a no message a lie about God. God will punish you. Lorira is a lie. Say, God is he's going to kill you. It's a lie. God doesn't kill anybody. If God kills anybody, I know of a country, their president would have been dead by now. I didn't say it's Nigeria or DSS. Don't come from you. Because they have an, a vice president who's an assistant pastor. So they'd be praying since that he should die. So they say, we, we, we pray you go tire. God doesn't kill anybody. If God kills, that is the man that would have died in this country. Corona came, he killed somebody around him. He's looking fresher. With all the bishops that do die. He's still alive. That should tell you something that God is not a killer. John chapter 1 verse 4, in him was life. And the light of 1, 10 verse 10, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. For the devil cometh to say, anything is stealing, if anything is killing, if anything is destroying, it is not God. Stop praying for God to kill your enemies. Jesus died for them too. They are not going to die. Fall down and die. Kill them. Kill them. Kill them. Fight. We, we, we who? He enemies. Die, 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 die. It's not God that killed them. A demon took advantage of your confession. One mad person did it. It's not God. After seven days of VG, my mother-in-law, he just died. My God. My God. You are, you are describing a native doctor and you are talking about God. You are describing the movement of Amadio and Shongo and you are... We dealt with that last week. Let me not go back to... Find the message of last week. God is not angry with me. It's on YouTube for free. Listen to it. God is not going to kill your ex. Hey, he enter, he enter. He enter. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. He's entering. Your, your ex is going to get married. We'll be fine. Oh, you will see here. He'll be fine. Don't worry. God is not going. Because Jesus died for them too. If anything happens to them, it's because they did not receive or because you killed them. Because the grace of God is promiscuous. How do you think? The guy who stole from family members, he, the, the people who sentenced him to die, said to him, today, 
He didn't pray for forgiveness of sins, mommy. There was no sinner's prayer. He just acknowledged Jesus. No titan offering. No vigil. No. What's that in that? What's that scam in church again? Eh? What's that scam? First fruit. No first fruit. Oh. No dangerous seed of faith. He just stood and said, Father, remember me to. That's all. He didn't say, God, forgive me. Oh. Father, I'm sorry for what I did. He said, I acknowledge you. Because whosoever believes on him is not condemned. Whosoever does not believe is condemned already. So you don't go to hell because you sin. You go to hell because you rejected Jesus. Put, put my scripture. I'm not done with I'm not done with the message translation. Put my scripture up for me. I'm not done. I stopped somewhere. He says, an alien message. A no message, a lie about God. Those who are provoking this agitation among you are turning the message of Christ on his head. Let me be blunt. If one of us, even if an angel from heaven were to preach something other than what we preached originally, so that's the original gospel, let him be accursed. I said it once. I will say it again. If anyone, regardless of the reputation or credentials, that's where the problem is. In spite of their reputations and credentials, that's where the problem is. Do you know him? Prophet of God, huh? In 1981, when he went to the shrine in the village, he destroyed them by fire. He went there, he did something. Reputation and credentials. Is that the something? Is that the this? If it's anti the gospel, my loyalty is to the gospel, not daddy anybody. My loyalty is to the gospel, not any daddy anybody. It says, regardless of their reputation or credentials, preaches something other than what you have received originally, let him be accursed. So, what is the message of the gospel? The message of the grace of God. So when you hear a pastor say, I don't believe in preaching grace of God, or I mix it with something, just know that this is, just that, that, that Michael Jackson dance, that's what you do. Oh, walk, leave, oh. Leave, oh. My grandmother's burial, I went for the service of songs. The guy preached law from beginning to the end. For my family, he showed, I sat, Moses, I was praying in tongues, Malakasha. Father, let them bury mama quickly. As they buried her, the next flight, I was in Lagos. My mother could say, where are you? I, said, I, I can't hear that man on Sunday morning. No. No, I can't hear that. That's torment. No, no, I can't listen to that thing again Sunday morning. I don't care the color and the head and the everything. No, 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 no. I don't care how long. I will honor you as an elder in the faith, but you will not feed me because you are not growing, you are aging. Second Corinthians 4 verse, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4. So the gospel is about the grace of God. See what Paul said. I feel like Paul was a young, he was the undermined guy. Because I can relate with this. I can relate with this scripture. After this, give me in the message translation, 4 to 6. But give me only 4 here. I can totally relate. Guess what Paul is saying here? For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus. Mommy, watch this. So there is another Jesus whom we have not preached. 
or if he received another spirit which we have not received or another gospel which we have not accepted so there's another Jesus there is another gospel there is another spirit it is the doctrine of the gospel that determines the spirit in the house anana so you can go to a place and the tables are turning, people are jumping, people are vomiting, people are turning around like, yeah! and you say, oh, ah, the spirit of it was not the spirit of God, it's another spirit. Because it is the teaching and the doctrine present that determines the spirit that is activated. I'm talking Bible, not my philosophy. I have over 50 scriptures for you this Sunday morning. You think I'm playing? Give me four to six. Beautiful. I can relate with this perfectly. Uncle Sammy, this sounds like my voice. Let me tell you. It seems that if someone shows up preaching quite another Jesus than we preached, different spirit, different message, you put up with him quite nicely. But if you put up with these big shots, apostles is in the Bible. Why can't you put up with simple me? I'm as good as they are. It's true that I don't have their voice. I don't have their voice. And when they talk, government shake. I don't have the voice. Haven't mastered that smooth eloquence that impresses you so much. But when I do open my mouth, I at least know what I am talking about. I haven't kept anything back from you. We let you in on everything. If you're a member of this church, you know this. We show you the gospel black and white. You're not editing it. One man of God said to me, this thing you are saying is, Bishop came to see me. See, you are preaching some things. And I sat down and we spoke. This thing is true. But I can't make money from this. See, you can't, there's no way you can raise offering from this. But, but you know, tomorrow is first of March. And tomorrow is the third month, right? I can raise a special offering today from three, three million. To come into the month of March and march into March. To come out. And I want to say, no, 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 I don't want to leave you. I don't want to leave you out. I don't want to leave you out. I don't want to leave you out. Three thousand dollars. Three, three. Make it three. Make it three. No, I, I will not leave you out. I will not leave you out. Three hundred thousand. I cannot leave you out. I'm coming to you. I will not drag it to three thousand and three hundred. <laughs> to enter match. And to enter match, just to enter match. That you and you enter regardless. You the match. You enter match. God is not in time or is in eternity. You are, you are talking about time, match. Because God does not do happy new year. Did it not happen to us last year? Did we do happy new year in Lagos? You did it from your house. I love the pandemic. Say it on the time. Even the Pope said to people, Mommy, you don't have to come to church for prayer for forgiveness. Pray in your house. God will forgive you. Anything that the pandemic changed is not truth. Because one plus one remained two in the pandemic. That means he was not telling them that all their sins were already forgiven. Leave that in. Let's talk Bible. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So any attempt to grow outside the message of the gospel is aging, not growing. Can I show you how to grow? 
Come on, can I show you how to grow? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Grow in grace. That's how to grow. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. So how do you grow? By not knowing Jesus. By knowing Jesus. Not the fire you call from heaven and the visions you see. And so the Lord reveals. So the Lord reveals. Some people, God is only speaking to them. The Lord told me, the Lord told me. He's not a gossip. He's speaking to us too. The work of the prophetic is not for prediction. I saw in 2021. Leave it. It's for the edification of the church. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 and 12. He gave them apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the edification and the equipping of the saints. Not for word prediction. Look at them now. Trump is, is out. They are not editing the prophecy, you know. The Lord, there was something the Lord was trying to say that we did not really. Ogbeni, keep quiet. Trump will prevail. Trump, I say it. Trump will prevail. Stop it. I was just there. I said, no, let me not talk because now I'm a small boy. Are these new people that have entered spirit now? And it's what the Lord told me in the video. So the Lord told me that they have schools that you pay money to learn prophetic school. Are you okay? Is there something wrong with you? Sorry, make another vex. Are, are, you, are you well? Did you see the apostles do any of that thing? Let's focus, flourish. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now. So how do we grow? We grow in grace. Any growth outside of grace is fibroid. Any growth outside of is fibroid. Mm. It's too more. It says grow in grace. We are not saved by grace to grow in works. Anana, kadosho. I say that again. We are not saved by grace to not grow by works. Ephesians 2, 5 to 9, message translation. Let me meet that petty guy. I love messages, very petty. Like me sometimes. Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 9. Is this verse 5? Instead, it means in the message... And with all the incredible love. Okay, I know what it is. A message translation adds it up together. But it actually starts from, He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. What you did not start, I don't know how you think you can manage it. He did it all on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Next verse. Let's go. Next verse. Now God has us where he wants us with all the time in the world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. There's no kindness outside of Christ. It's always in Christ Jesus. Give me the next verse. See this. Salvation. Salvation. Saving is all his idea, all right? And all his work. All we do 
is trust him to enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make or save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. The making and the saving is done by God. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. Simple. Salvation. It is work from start to finish. So it's not something you add to. This is why Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, Oh foolish Galatians, how is it that, that you have begun in the spirit and you think you can be perfected in the flesh? Give me that in, in the message translation. Galatians chapter 3, 1 to 3, message. Galatians 3, 1 to 3. I love, I love, I love, I love message. Very petty translation. It says, you crazy Galatians, did someone put a spell on you? They swear for you. And I worry for some. <laughs> Uncle Sammy said they, they swear for you. <laughs> yeah. Have someone take have you taken leave of your senses? Oh yeah, where are you? Are you mad? Something crazy has happened. For it is obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. Give me the next verse. Give me the next verse. Let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? By believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Colossians 2 verse 6. Even as we have received him, walk in him. How did you receive him? By believing and confessing. Period. That's the principle. Was it by walking your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? So we responded. We did not initiate. Hanana, Romans 8, 5 verse 8. For God demonstrated his love towards us that whilst we were seen as Christ died for us. So we are responding to his grace. We did not initiate his grace. Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete in their own effort what began by God. Let me put this to you. You've heard of Dangote Refinery, right? That thing is costing billions to the best of my knowledge. So Dangote starts a refinery that is costing billions. And then you as a gate man think in the company, say, Dangote, wait, I will finish this thing. Your lifetime, you can't finish it. That's not even an accurate competition to the work of, on the cross of Calvary. Jesus started it. Why do you think you should finish it? You should perfect it. It's the way you received him, that's how you walk with him. So as you received him by grace, how do you keep walking with God? By grace. That's it. By the grace of God. I'm almost done. We'll go to the mountains soon and then we'll end the service. This is beautiful. And then when you talk about the grace work, they tell you that you can 
frustrate the grace. Have you heard it? Have you heard it? That you can frustrate the grace of God. I hope you know it's only your sin that can frustrate. It's not your sin that frustrates grace. It is your doubt and walking in the Lord that frustrates grace. You know, you can't use a term of the scripture and interpret it with your understanding. Let the scripture interpret itself. Galatians chapter Galatians chapter 5 verse 4. Let's go. Galatians 5 verse 4. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever you are justified by the law, you are falling from grace. So you, if you want to fall from grace, do you know how you do it? Try to live by the law. It's not sin that frustrates grace. It is a law that makes you fall from grace. That's why I said you can't come to Christ with grace and think you're going to grow by works. You grow by grace. Grace saves, grace keeps, grace grows, grace presents, grace delivers, period. It's a grace work, not leg, not leg work. Give me the message translation. Let's do this. I'm running now. I suspect you would never intend this. That is, this is not your intention, no. But this is what happens. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you are cut off from Christ. You fall out of grace. So what, what takes you out of grace? It is not sin. It is law. Because sin cannot stop grace. Grace always wins over sin. Ephesians 5 verse 20. Give me the message translation. Ephesians 5 verse 20. Message translation. Let's do this. I need to cut this off. Ephesians 5 verse 20. Now the Bible says, Where sin abound, grace abound even the more. So it's not your sin that stops grace. Because it is grace that will still bring you out of your sin. Last, last. I hope you know. It is working in law that's, that frustrates it. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Give me the message translation. Message makes it clear. Clear for us. All that passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. Hey. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. So it's not your sin that frustrates grace. It's you trying to live by rules and regulation because you and God cannot be working on the same project. If you want grace to work, let grace work. If you want to work, you will work. Grace will stop. I don't know about you from today. Grace will work in my life in the name of Jesus. Only the grace of God will work in your life in the name of Jesus. Discernment is not your ability to tell truth from lie. It's your ability to tell truth from almost truth. That's where discernment comes in. So there's a way you hear a prophecy, you know that oh, this is almost truth. It's never a lie. But the truth is, almost truth is as dangerous as blunt and lie. The devil will never come to you with a blatant lie. He comes with almost truth. If you are the son of God, he will quote the scripture, but he will quote it out of context because he's a con man. Yeah. It's your ability. So who is a who has grown in the spirit? You know how you say, I want to know who has grown. The Bible shows us who's growing in the spirit. I love this. Hebrews chapter 5, 12 to 14. Let's do this. And they will do it in the King James, and they will go to TPT. Okay. So I've been saying since that aging is natural. Growth is intentional. 
Let's see the Bible. For when, for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that won't teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Give me the next verse. For everyone that uses milk is unsayed or kosh. May God give us eyes to see scriptures. This scripture identifies the baby Christian. You want to know a baby Christian? It's here. For everyone that is, everyone that is skillful in the word of righteousness. People that do not know that they are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's a, that's a baby Christian. So one of the tenets of the gospel is the great exchange. He took my nature and gave me his nature. I'm no longer a sinner. I am who he says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Give me the antipity. He took my nature. For you should already be professors. Instructing others by now. Watch this. But instead, you need to be taught from the beginning the basics of God's prophetic oracles. You are like children still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food. Give me the next verse. Give me. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by this. So once you start growing, you start knowing that I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So all those nonsense prayers we pray in church as we start service, let us pray. If there's any sin in the house that want to stop the move of God, let's pray. Eddie, God, you know sin, that sin leave. God, we are sorry, Lord, we are sorry. Let our sin not stop the move of God. No, 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 no. We are not sinners. We have been saved by the grace of God. So stop using those. You know all of us are sinners. Speak for yourself. Don't bring me into that category. Your claiming to be sinner is not a sign of humility. It's a sign of ignorance. And it's arrogance rejecting what Jesus has done for you. He calls me righteous. I am righteous, period. We are talking about a child dedication today. It, the parents name the child. It's the father's job to name the child. Not the street, not society. I'm not what I did. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He took my garment and gave me his garment. I am righteous for God. I'm the right. For the Bible says he became sin that would by me made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lift your hands in the name of Jesus. Some of you can't even believe what you're about to say. I am righteous. Uh -uh. Say in the name of Jesus. I am righteous. Uh, because of what you did last night, you are, you are even looking at me. Ha, can I actually say this thing? You are, righteousness is not what you do. It's what he has done for you. You are just receiving and accepting what God has done. What he has done for you. You are just receiving and accepting what God has done in Christ for you. Lift your hands in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He took my place and I took his place. There is an exchange. I'm no longer a sinner. I am righteous. I am the righteousness. Christ Jesus, if this is your word, shout amen, somebody. Righteous. Righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. It's the great exchange. For the Bible says, uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel does not have power. The gospel is the power. Righteousness of faith is revealed. So the gospel reveals the righteousness of You are righteous. Tell your neighbor you are righteous. Say so you are righteous. Who is second Samuel that we read this morning and got a close. If you're going to, you must first read first Samuel chapter 18.
First Samuel chapter 18, verse 1 to 4. Let me show you something. And then we'll close. I'm done. I'm done. I just laid a foundation for the gospel. What we talked about today is righteousness, consciousness. He took my nature. He gave me his nature. I am righteous. Mephibosheth is the grandson of King Saul. Saul had a son called Jonathan. Are you with me? The son of Jonathan is Mephibosheth. And that's the text we read this morning. You need to see this in 1 Samuel chapter 18. And it came to pass when he made an end of speaking unto Saul. David spoke to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own. Give me verse, the next verse, verse 2. Give me verse 2. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. David said something to Saul. Saul said, come, sit in the palace. You're not going back to your father's house. Give me the next verse. Watch this. Watch this. Ooh. Keep this verse. I'll explain it to you in a minute. Keep this verse in your mind. And Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him. Watch this. Keep the scripture. The scripture we read, we're coming to it. Is there anyone in the house of Saul that I may show him the kindness of God? Because so Mephibosheth is a recipient of the covenant that Jonathan had with David. So when believers say they have covenant with God, I'm wondering what you are saying. Because we have no covenant with God. We are recipient of the covenant God made in Christ on our behalf. Covenant with me. My daughter is a recipient of the covenant I have with my, my wife. But we try, and I need, covenant means I'm doing something and God is doing something. What can you do to match God's doing in the agreement of things? We are recipient of the covenant. See, and Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. I got to go. Next verse, verse 4. Watch this. And Jonathan stripped himself of his robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garment, prince, this day. Yes. David became a prince on this day. Because what David wore was the princely attire of Jonathan. Oh. So he, he took his garment and even to his sword and to his bow and his ghetto. He gave everything to David. So how's the first sign of, of the gospel? Is the exchange. He gives you his nature. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. King. The day he became king. He became king this day. Because Jonathan left empty. David went princely. He became sin. That I might be made. He was bruised. That I might be healed. He was rejected. That I may be accepted. He died. That I might live. He became poor. That I might be made. Jonathan left without his robe. 
David went with the robe of Jonathan. Every time I come before God, I come with the robe of Jesus. For the name of the Lord. I'm done. Give me the 2nd Samuel chapter 9. Let's close. 2nd Samuel chapter 9. Let's close. So, Stanley, can you come? David, come down. Can you stand here? Can I have Joshua come? MVP, can I have you? Three of you. That's properly. So, David said, Is there anyone in the house of Saul? But David was a psalmist. So, David said, Is there anyone in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? Because of Jonathan's sake. Types and shadows. For the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So the details are in the scriptures. The picture are in the gospels. The x-ray are in the epistles. So David is making the declaration. I want to help humanity since human government was not instituted by God the people wanted a king so Saul speaks of man is there anyone in Saul that I may show him the kindness of God for Jonathan's sake next verse Next verse. And there was one of the house of Saul, a servant whose name is Ziba. Ziba shows up. No, 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 not you. Ziba shows up. And Ziba holds it there. Ziba says to David, I know one. His name is Mephibosheth. Ziba now plays the Holy Ghost. For no man cometh to the Father except the Spirit. Who shall draws him? I feel the noise. Except the Spirit of God draws him first. Who somebody from the house of Saul? His name is Mephi Can I get somebody? In Mephi no, no, not, not you, dream. Someone else. His name is Mephibosheth. No, in hurry. So, money being Mephi. Man, I'm going to mess you up. I'm sorry. But the problem with Mephibosheth is that he's lame on both feet. <sighs> his feet did not remove his princely DNA. Life had happened to Mephibosheth because he was not born crippled. The Bible says there was a war in Israel and they tried to save the baby because if you kill King Saul, you kill Jonathan, they're coming after Mephibosheth. So the lady was trying to save Mephibosheth, but she dropped Mephibosheth and he became crippled. Look at you, life happened to you. You were not like this before. You never really used to have trust issues. But after that heartbreak, oh God, every high is like bye to you. Because if you a snake bites you once, if it's Europe, you will look on two times. Look at you, you're not who you used to be. But something happened to you. Mephibosheth is lame on both feet. But the grace of God goes past all your inadequacies, your problem, your shortcomings, whether you are crippled, whether you're walking, whether you're divorcee, whether you've had issues in your life. When grace wants to... ...doesn't see 
those complications that men see. Ziba goes now to fetch Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, give me the last verse of this chapter. I need to close. The last verse. Mephibosheth is lame on both feet. Mephibosheth comes before David crying. I'm just a dead dog like I am. David said, no, 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 no. You are a prince. And so Mephibosheth is restored back to the palace. The last verse of chapter 9 of 2 Samuel. The last. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he did eat continually at the king's table and was laid. Give me this chair. Money, come quickly. You all give me sit. So this is Mephibosheth. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He's lame on both feet. He can't walk to the palace, but grace fetched him out. There's some of you, the places you want to go to, you can't really go there. God wants me to tell you his grace ooh, will take you there. In this season, you come out of leg walk, you're coming into grace walk. Ah, yeah, nah. This is not your believing God for. Your, your leg walk can get you there. But grace is about to pick you up from Lodeba and bring you to the palace. So Mephibosheth is stuck in Lodeba. The name is even wrong. Lodeba. Like they were loading him with Eba. But Zeba went to get Mephibosheth. I don't care the scene that you are stuck in. The Holy Ghost is coming to get you. The Holy Ghost is coming to get you. For the Holy Ghost does not convince the believer of sin. The Holy Ghost convinced the world of sin. Convinced the believer of righteousness. Of righteousness. So when the believer falls, the Holy Ghost doesn't say, see your life outside. He reminds you of who you are in Christ. And brings you back to the palace. You can't see a prince anywhere on the floor. And the policeman, you are not the prince in Nigeria, the prince overseas. Not these ones. Everybody, every street has a prince. No, he's not where I'm. Not these political princes. No. A real prince, Prince Charles, is on the floor. He's drunk. And you take him to the, the prison. Go to Australia. What you do, you bring him back to the palace. So the Holy Ghost sees the believer on the floor. You know what the Holy Ghost does? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know you can't move, but I can carry you. And so Ziba went to get Mephibosheth. And they brought Mephibosheth to the table. His job, who watch this. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually, because growth is a function of feeding, not aging. He did eat continually on the table and was lame on both feet. The beautiful thing about the table is that the glory of God covers your story. And see his lameness. You see his top upper body. And if you know correctly, people who have bad legs have bigger upper bodies. So when Mephibosheth sat, the glory of God swallowed his story. I don't know who you are this Sunday morning. God wants me to tell you, you are coming into a season where the glory of God would swallow your stories in the name of Jesus. I mean, there are places you couldn't get to. There are connections that you do not have. But God is saying his grace will pull you there in the name of Jesus. As you come into the month of March, here is the word of God to you. You are running. You are overtaking. You are recovering all. And it's not a function of what man can do. It's not your legwork. It is the grace of God. 
Your testimony would be, this is not by mind. This is not by my power. This is strictly the grace of God. I don't know who this word is for this Sunday morning. God was self. Stop being getting anxious. Do not worry. 2021 has your best installed in it. Hear you the word of the Lord. God is going to fetch you out of your past and bring you into your future. God is bringing you out of your origin and pulling you into your destiny. God is bringing you out of your past. He's bringing you into everything God has done in Christ for you. If this is your word, throw your hands up. Shout thank you, Jesus. So Mephibosheth is in the palace. Watch this. Not because he walked to the palace. Because he's lame on both feet. Not because he did leg walk. But it was grace walk. I don't know who you are. Stop struggling. Let grace walk. Stop calculating. Let grace walk. If you really and truly believe God, let him do his work. Your calculations can do anything. Let grace work. I'm talking to you this morning. Let the grace of God work. You are hindering and frustrating the grace of God because you are trying to come to the palace all by yourself. But God is saying his grace will bring you places where his glory covers your story. Like we know you have bad legs, but we see the table, we don't see your legs. We know you have bad legs and you have vast past and nobody's allowed to look under the table when you are eating. That's why the Ark of the Covenant had the mercy seat the Ark of the Covenant was at the middle and it was covered properly because you can't see people's wrong in the Ark of the Covenant. It is covered. So in the Old Covenant, sins are covered. In the New Testament, sins are taken away. Hey, taken away. Taken away. I don't know who you are. I hear my spirit. You are free. You are free. You are free means now you can go. You can be everything God has called you to be. Forgive yourself. You are free. Because God has forgiven you. And you are now the righteousness. Of God in Christ. Forgive yourself. Go. Mephibosheth is on the palace. He is lame on both feet. Your sin can't stop you. For Mephibosheth, maybe something you're dealing with. God loves you like that. But the problem is, God doesn't want you like that. He loves you like that, but won't leave you like that. But the reason why people are not changing is because when they come to church, they don't really come to church. They leave the real self in the car, the parking lot. So we come to church very spiritual. And God is saying, where is Flourish? Who's this guy? Huh? Where's your me? Who's this guy? Who's standing in front of me? Because God cannot change who you pretend to be. God wants to fix who you really are. And that's the work of his grace. So the earlier you start coming to God just as you are, that's when he starts fixing you from within. Because the gospel of grace is not character modification, it's inner transformation. It's not dress code. It's not what well, the things I used to do, I do them no more. No, no, no. It's not what you do. It's I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things have passed away. I'm born again. More than a conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. That is the message of the gospel. I don't know who you are. Stop trying to fix this thing with your legs. You have that stubborn son, that stubborn issue in your life. And you have done all you can. Can you let grace do his work? Because God will bring you to the end of yourself so that you can see the beginning of God in your life. 
Some of you have not gotten to the end of yourself. You still think you can fix it. So you are covering it. You are padding it. You are, you are petting it. You haven't come to God and say, God, I'm tired. Let grace fix me. This thing is not legwork. It's the grace. Because Mephibosheth is in the palace today. Not because he walked to the palace. But because he became a recipient of what God has done in Christ for him. In the person of Saul and Jonathan. I want you to stand up with your feet as we pray. And I want us to pray that you can live. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. I want you to pray one, one simple prayer with your hands lifted up. Shh. And it's God, I'm tired of walking. Let grace walk in my life. Let's grace, let's grace walk in my life. I'm tired of walking. Let grace. So somebody asked me, your church is just one year and some weeks. How have you done it? Grace. How are you going to get the baby? Grace. How are you going to come into promotion? Grace. So what you're saying to the Lord, I stop trying to do. I'm going to let you do it in my life. Every hand's lifted up. And I want you to make this declaration after me in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare. Today, I cease from my labor. I enter into rest. I let grace walk in my life. I let great grace walk in my life. In the name of Jesus, I cease from my labors. I cease from my struggle. In the name of Jesus, I decree great grace is activated in my life, in everything that concerns me. From today, I live by grace. I walk by grace. I move by grace. I dwell in grace. It is the grace of God keeping me. Great grace is available to me. Great grace is available to me. Great grace is available to me. Now clap your hands, church. Give God praise. Clap your hands. I can see you clapping. Come on, clap, 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 clap. Grace. Grace. Paul said in the scriptures, Paul said, I labor, bring it up, but not I. It is grace that labors in me. Paul says, I labor, but not I, but grace laboring in me. You're coming into the place of great grace. Yes. I'm speaking to myself because the bill to pay for this place, great grace is available to you. Great grace is available to you. How do you activate grace? In the knowledge of Jesus. Growing grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So every time you wake up, you spend time with the Holy Ghost. Ask the Holy Ghost to reveal Jesus to you. Because once Jesus is revealed, the believer is unveiled. Until Jesus is revealed, the believer is concealed. It is the revelation of Jesus that unveils the believer. Grace is activated in your projects. That's what I hear, in your projects. I hear the grace to finish strong. Lift your hands. Abandoned projects, pending deals. This is the second time the Lord is saying this to me. Abandoned projects and pending deals. Grace is released now in the name of Jesus. What I'm saying, you will stop calling them. They will start calling you now. You will stop calling them. They will start calling you now. I decree great grace is released in the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus I decree you get the call grace is activated on your behalf in the name of Jesus stop explaining yourself I get them before not be property do you, do you know how Mephibosheth felt he was in Lodebar I'm sure you'll be telling them in Lodebar I used to stay in the palace so palace was beautiful they look at him and say hmm People they talk, you say, if you they talk, I say, you sure say they don't adopt you. Until one day, Ziba located him. And the rest is history. I know you're in a place where you're trying to explain to people, no, I, I was really, I, I could, I was, I was, I was. Here is your word. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. Hands lifted up everywhere in this room. The glory of your latter days will be greater than the former. You will not be a case of he used to have money. He used to be this. He used to... No, no, no. The part of the door shined brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Great grace is released to you in this season. In the name of Jesus. If you believe, clap your hands, church. Look at your neighbor and say, grace is taking me somewhere. Come on, tell your neighbor, grace is taking me somewhere. Grace is pulling me somewhere. I can't get there, but His grace is taking me there. I can't do this on my own, but His grace is sufficient for me. I don't know how I'm going to make it through match, but His grace is sufficient for me. My bills are piling. The debtors, I know I need to pay my rent in the children's school fees, but great grace.